In the name of one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning. I have to tell you, when I was not so much anymore, but a little bit younger, Saturday Night Live was a thing I loved to watch late on Saturday nights, and I would try to be a good, faithful Christian boy and go to church after 11 o'clock Texas time, watching Saturday Night Live and going to bed at 1, and then having to be there at 6 a.m. for youth choir practice. I was tempted by Saturday Night Live, but sometimes I would make it, and sometimes I would not to church. But one of my favorite all-time Saturday Night Live skits was played by Dana Carvey and was the character of the church lady. Does anybody remember the church lady? Her famous quote was, who could it be, could it be, could it be Satan? (laughs) And I thought that was just the perfect way to consider that gospel we have, that in Matthew, that always is preached in one way or another on the first Sunday in the season of Lent. What we have before us today is the gospel of Jesus himself being tempted and tested by Satan. Now, when I say that word Satan, I know all of us probably have a lot of different things come into our minds. And there are some mistakes that we can make uh, when we talk about Satan. On one end of the spectrum, we can believe that he, or we believe that Satan is a real person, but we let it overcome us, and we kind of become infatuated with the evil that comes with Satan. On the other end of that spectrum, and I know all of us have been there, and maybe even there today, as you have arrived for worship, um, that Satan does not exist. How could a being of that much hate and that much brokenness physically exist? And then some of us believe in Satan, but we are so busy in our everyday lives of having to take kids to school, to go to work, to go to school, pay the bills, party train, all of these things where we find ourselves. And we just think, we kind of forget who Satan is and how he comes at us all and tempts and tests all of us. Well, as Joe was preaching a couple weeks ago about discipleship, when we talked about the words of God and how sometimes you can read a scripture 99 times and it seems like every time something new will pop out of it. That happened for me this week as I was preparing to just talk about the gospel in itself and the three temptations of Christ from Satan. But a larger theme came out of it this time, which I was like, oh my gosh, I got to tell people about this. And the best way I can set it up as we consider Satan is this way. There is a principle in the cosmic chess game between God and Satan and the forces of hell. There is this larger across thing, a, a principle across the narrative of scripture, which we see. And I thought in Florida, this was a great way to get us into the heart of what that principle is. How many of you, like most people at night, at least for a little while, will turn on your porch light? 
And you do it to, maybe you have people coming to visit, and maybe you just turn that light on to illumine the darkness just for a little bit. But it is in about 10 minutes, when you turn that light on, it's as if the bugs those big, nasty, gnarly Florida bugs that can carry your kids off if they get a hold of them. <laughs> they are swarming that light, making it hard for the light to actually happen. I, the light comes on and there is a reaction that happens. Well, on a much larger cosmic scale, this type of thing is happening in Scripture all the way from before the beginning in Genesis all the way through Revelation. When God shows up in his glory, it seems like heaven is in business and hell has an equal response to it, trying to steal the blessing of God. Let me show you a little bit of what I'm talking about. Now, we didn't preach about this last week, but the gospel that normally happens right before we begin the season of Lent is the story of the transfiguration, where Jesus takes a couple of his closest friends, John, Peter, and on the scene come the old prophets, Elijah and Moses, and there are a few of them there as Jesus is transfigured. And a few eyes get to see Jesus in his full radiance, glowing and in full glory. And they say, oh my goodness, we want to stay here. Look how good and powerful this is. They hear the word of God come from above saying, this is my son, Jesus, with who I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then they say, we should stay here. If we want, I can build a few dwellings and tabernacles, and we should just stay right here and not go down back to that broken world down the mountain. But as we all know, they must go back to real life off the mountain where they've seen this glorious thing where heaven was opened for a time. The first thing that they encounter on their way down the mountain is a demon-possessed child that the disciples in their own have no idea what to do with. Do you see, the glory of heaven was opened. And when they came back, Satan, in a very little deceitful way, in the meeting of this demon-possessed child, tries to steal that blessing that they had received. It is the same for us. Let's say, hypothetically, I do not want to will this to happen, but let's say you're here. Maybe you showed up for a delicious breakfast from the breakfast team. You heard Josh teach a really good rector's forum. You're here. You get to participate. Be with your family, your church family. Participate in the sacrament. Hear the word espoused. And you receive the blessing at the end. A God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you're driving off. Maybe you're talking to someone else in the car with you. And you say, that is great. My heart and spirit are lifted and encouraged. And you're thinking, maybe we should go to Starbucks and talk about this some more. And as you head down over towards San Jose, maybe someone selfishly runs the red light. And all of a sudden, that blessing is ripped from you. It happens to us in every day life. Satan is still tempting us and testing us and trying to rip the blessing of God from us all. 
I thought that was a great way to set up talking just how sneakily and how these temptations that we're going to look at in the gospel that Father John read for us just to see how this is what Satan is doing, trying to steal the blessing of God from Jesus himself and how Jesus overcame the temptations and the tests. So let's look at that first as the gospel opens up to us. The Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the desert, into the wilderness to face this great adversary in Satan. And Satan just knows when and where, how to attack. Jesus has been fasting in the desert and in the wilderness for 40 days. And it says he is famished. I can only imagine no food, physical food for 40 days, starving, emotionally and spiritually vulnerable and physically very weak. This is how Jesus has to face the temptations and the tests that are coming his way. And Satan, in his first attempt to test Jesus, says, Oh my gosh, Jesus, God has not obviously provided you with what you needed. And Satan begins to question the providence or what God provides and says, Since he hasn't given you the physical food that you need, need, why don't you do it for yourself? You don't need God. You can do that if you are the Son of God, or another translation, since you are the Son of God, turn these stones into physical bread. It is a questioning of how God provides and a testing into it. And Jesus answers, man does not need food alone, but to live on the very words that come out of the mouth of God. If you know the deep heart behind that story, if we're talking about a boxing match, Jesus wins round one. We have temptation two, which is a questioning of not of providence and providing, but of God's protecting and how God protects us all. And Satan uses scripture from Deuteronomy, but actually twists it and says, well, it is written. Why don't you go to the top in Jerusalem of the highest point of the temple and then throw yourself off? If you are God, it says in Deuteronomy that the angels will catch you and not let you bang your foot against a stone. And Jesus quotes scripture right back to him and says, do not tempt the Lord your God. Do not put God to the test. Satan is questioning, well, since you're so tired and God has yet to give you the physical food that you need, why don't you prove scripture to us and that God will protect you from that one verse of line from you throwing you yourself off of this building. The angels will catch you. It is a questioning that God answers back with temptation in the test and says, do not put me, the Lord your God, to the test. Round two, Jesus two, Satan zero. 
So finally, in this third temptation, Jesus comes up with which was probably the hardest, or Satan comes up with the hardest temptations that Jesus had to face. He has already overcome these two. But can you see, even for Jesus, being 100% man and 100% God, in his human nature, this test was probably really, really hard to turn down. Now, Jesus knows the promises of Scripture. And the heart of this third temptation is questioning Satan causing Jesus to question the promises of God. Now, he says, I know that you have to come and that you have to suffer for the sins of all mankind and that you will rise again in victory. But on top of the temple, Satan takes Jesus up to an exceedingly high mountain, as we hear, and shows him all the kingdom, kingdoms of the world in all the splendor. What Satan is getting at is you don't have to walk this way of suffering to face your cross. I can give that to you now if you will just bow for only a moment and worship me questioning all the promises we have in Scripture that were fulfilled through Jesus' dying on the cross and rising again. Satan is going right for the heart of Jesus. And can you only, can you see, as Jesus knew on this road to suffering that would lead him to the cross that he had to face for us all, can you see just for a moment while Jesus may have said, you know, that might sound pretty good. I don't have to go through this suffering. But we hear the divinity of Jesus kick in as he says, away from me, Satan. And then later, Satan, he disappears at that point. But as we know, later, Satan channels his best Arnold Schwarzenegger and says, I'll be back. <laughs> Jesus comes to tempt Jesus and his followers again and again. And he comes to us in the same way that he came to Jesus. And as we see, Jesus overcame these three really hard and piercing temptations and tests. But when we look at us in this season of Lent, as we look at our lives all the way to Adam and Eve, to us today, and to the saints who will come after us, it is easy to see in my own life, have I questioned, been tempted to question the providing of God in my life? Guilty. Have I questioned God's protection in my life when things might be seemingly impossible or hard? Guilty as charged. And have I questioned the promises of God in my, have I doubted or been tempted to do that? Of course I have. But we need to know this great adversary, Satan but we do not have to fear him. Peter, the one that, was tra that saw Jesus transfig transfigured, actually says, you need to be vigilant and be sober and know that Satan comes to you like a lion ready to devour. That other guy that was there, John, he actually tells us Satan comes like a thief to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I say he is a great adversary, but we do not have to fear him. We are not trying to win the victory against him. The victory against him has already been won. Has already been won. As we know, Jesus 
does go to his cross. He lives his destiny, and he now, after the transfiguration, is laser-focused on getting to the cross. But we know what comes on the other side. After the three days, he rose again in resurrection, meaning that Satan has no power over us. In our own strength, we will probably always fall to the test and the temptations that come our way as Satan is trying to steal the blessing of God from all of us. But because of Easter, because of Jesus' life, death, and because of his resurrection, we do not have to fear Satan, and he has no power over us. It is by God's grace, God's mercy, and God's love, we can walk in a victorious life of faith in relationship with God. All praise and be for our Lord and Savior who made the way possible for us all that we do not have to fear and that we can live a life because of his grace with victory over the tests and over the temptations of the evil one that come our way. Amen. Amen.